The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming health tech. From AI to robotics and beyond, we're reinventing what's possible, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer by trade, but my passion lies in teaching you the keys of persuasion and conflict resolution. My goal is to empower you to engage in these conversations confidently and effectively by not only sharing what works, but by also uncovering why these techniques work through revealing the psychological principles that lie behind persuasion. This podcast is brought to you by the American Negotiation Institute, where we conduct negotiation and conflict management workshops that make difficult conversations easier. You can either request a customized workshop for your company or attend one of our many upcoming public workshops. In May, we're going to have workshops in Columbus, Miami, and Los Angeles. Visit our website or check out the description of this episode to learn more. Our guest today is Austin Fable. Austin is the founder of Podcast Work and the producer of The Science of Success. Austin specializes in PR efforts, media relations, guest relations, and more. I had Austin on the show today to talk about the persuasive tactics that he uses to grow and monetize the podcast. And I tell you, Austin has an incredibly deep knowledge base when it comes to this topic. And he also talks about how you can negotiate for better sponsorship deals as a podcaster. The tools that he shares in this episode are applicable to all sorts of businesses, not just podcasters, and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Austin, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely, Kwame. Great to be here. Likewise. I am excited to have you on the show today. Before we get started, let's start off by talking a little bit about what you do and who you are. So I basically produce podcasts. I help people make money with their shows, repurpose content, and grow their shows. I produce The Science of Success, just hosted by my partner, Matt Bodner. And I'm the host of the new Mindset Monday podcast as well. And so I do everything on the back end. I do all the PR efforts. I repurpose all the content. I'm in charge of booking guests, so getting in touch with them and convincing them to give us an hour of their time. And uh, through my strategies and efforts, we've grown The Science of Success to over 2.5 million downloads. With listeners in over 100 countries. We've had some great guests on, such as Dr. Robert Cialdini, Dr. Carol Dweck, Adam Grant, Keith Ferrazzi, a lot of people that really don't come up for interviews very often. So I'm excited to dive in and kind of tackle a lot of these strategies and tactics we use to grow the show, but to monetize the show, really, because I think there's a lot of value in podcasting. There's a lot of value in this relationship, as I'm sure you know, that hosts develop with their audience. And I think right now there's not exactly an equal exchange of value when it comes to how the sort of normal route to monetization goes. So I'm happy to dig into that as well. But very glad to be here, man. Glad to have you. And listeners, you definitely need to check out these shows. They are some of my favorite out on iTunes. So it's always a pleasure to have a fellow podcaster come on the show. And uh, I highly, highly endorse those shows. So check them out. So now this is also an issue that is close to my heart, because essentially what you're saying is that in many regards, when it comes to the business side of podcasting, podcasters struggle because they aren't making good deals. Can you dig a little bit deeper into that and tell the audience what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll take them to school here a little bit. But like what I like to say is I've been doing this now for four years and I've spent the last four years really learning all the ins and outs of podcasting from growth to booking guests 
to monetization. And now I'm going to spend the next four breaking those rules, rewriting them and teaching others to do the same so that they can make good money. Because to start this whole process to learn, I spent a lot of time and I reached out to everyone I could think of. I went through all of the top shows on iTunes in several categories, just reached out and was like, hey, I'd love to talk to you guys. I want to pick your brain. I want to share best practices. So over 50 hours of just talking to these individuals and kind of sharing information. And, and a lot of the stories I heard were kind of heartbreaking. And sometimes I, we would have people that would be laid off from their job who have really put their heart and soul into this podcast and they've built an audience and now they're looking at it and they want it to be something they can do full time or something that's actually going to supplement their income. That's going to really provide them, you know, that extra vacation, maybe once a year or a car payment, just something that's really going to really help them out. And really, as I said, there's not an equal exchange of value for this audience that you've built up, this relationship that you've created, this email list you've made, whatever it may be, and what you're being compensated for your sponsorships, for the ad messages that you're reading. And it's really powerful. I mean, I always use this example through podcasting. Listeners develop a relationship with the host that's unlike any other. I mean, I, I like to use Tim Ferriss as an example. It's like, I've read his books and I was a big fan, but when I read his books, it's like, this guy stores his blood and his urine in his fridge and he does these examples. I'm like, I might think he's kind of a weird guy, right? But through his podcast, through listening to him talk, like I know he enjoys a couple too many glasses of red wine every now and again. I feel like I know who he is personally, which really just makes me even more of a raving fan. So it really can't be overstated how valuable this relationship is. And when you look at the traditional routes to monetization, you're not being compensated for the relationship you've built. So We'll try not to get too far in the weeds here, but I'll go over briefly just kind of how this usually works. So traditionally, the way people make money on a show is through sponsorships. You have a pre-roll, you have a mid-roll, and you have a post-roll. And for a mid-roll, you charge $25 CPM, which is a cost per mil. So that means every thousand downloads your show has over a 30-day period, or your episode of a show has over a 30-day period, you can be compensated $25 for industry standard. And the 30 days is also not a very good metric to use, and I'll get into that later. So for example, if your show, an episode gets 10,000 downloads over the first 30 days of release, you can charge based on the industry, $250 for that episode. So if you do a weekly show and that's a thousand dollars a month, but there's a little caveat there. So they pay you that one time based on your average over 30 days, you being the sponsors, whoever may be buying the mid roll, the pre roll. And that audio is traditionally baked in to the audio. So you'll have the ad read, which may be 60 to 90 seconds long in the middle of the episode, wherever it may be placed. And once you upload that episode, that ad read is going to be in there for the life of that episode. So for people like you, for people like us who have evergreen content, I mean, we're not talking about something like what Donald Trump may have said this day or what sports team is in the running for the Super Bowl. We're talking about lifelong lessons that are going to be just as valuable to the listeners today as they will be three, four, five years from now. So these episodes are being downloaded way longer than 30 days after they're released. So really that 30 day benchmark is just not a very good metric by which to gauge the value of your episode. Another thing is, you know, essentially when you look at podcasting, what are you doing? You're streaming audio. It's basically like when you go back and find an old episode, you're essentially, it's like using on demand to find some great content in audio format. So imagine like, uh, do you listen to Hulu or do you watch Hulu? Yeah, absolutely. They do ad insertion really well. So imagine if you went to Hulu and you said, okay, my audience loves Grey's Anatomy. My wife's been on a huge Grey's Anatomy's kick. So there's my example. She's but, brave because she's <laughs> right now. That would be terrifying to me. 
it's terrifying for everybody, I think. <laughs> but what's funny is, so she starts a season one, right? And we're going through all the old season and Hulu basically inserts these commercials in all the back catalogs. So imagine if I went to them and I said, okay, you know, my audience loves season two of Grey's Anatomy. I want to buy Grey's Anatomy ad space. How much is that going to be? And they tell you, okay, it's $3,000 for a month. And you go, no, 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 no. I don't want to buy a month. I want to buy this season of Grey's Anatomy forever. And I want to pay that price. They'd look at you like, no, they'd probably quit answering your calls, answering your emails, because that's not how it works. So I'm not sure why it's traditionally accepted in podcasting. My best guess would be that someone made a constellation in the early days of podcasting that became a very disgusting norm. So what are we going to do to change this, Austin? I mean, right now my ads are baked in. I'm being paid one time. I'm making, you know, little money off the show. What do I do? So I'm going to give you a little example about what we did. So look at our show with real numbers. When we first started thinking about changing the way we were selling our ad space, we were having about 17,000 downloads in the first 30 days of an episode, which comes out to $425 per episode. So multiply that times four, we're a weekly show. We were making about $1,700 a month. But we stopped and we did a little digging into our analytics. And because our content is evergreen, we were getting around 163,000 downloads a month across our back catalog. So we're literally leaving 85% of our downloads on the table. All of our new downloads over that month have already been bought and sold. There's nothing we can do to monetize those. So we started digging into what's called dynamic ad insertion. And this is what Hulu does as well. But what you're allowed to do is essentially go in and instead of baking an ad into an episode, you market at a time span. We do interviews in the science of success. So we'll find a place where there's a changing conversation topic. There's a nice pause and it's not too disruptive. And what we do is we put a timestamp on it and we're allowed to push and pull ads in and out of that timestamp. So what that allows us to do then is change the sponsorship message in every single one of our episodes from one to 165 with a click of a button. So for instance, right now, if you go download episode one of the Science of Success, you're gonna hear a sponsorship message from our current sponsor, Brilliant. If you go in in two weeks, it's gonna be from the Life You Can Save charity organization. We're doing something nice for the holidays. But the point is, I can continue to change the ads in my catalog from the first episode to the one I'm releasing during the sponsorship. So what that allows you to do then is take a more traditional approach. Instead of selling this audio and the sponsorship message one time, you're able to then monetize your back catalog over and over and over again and sell ad space on a 30-day or a 60-day or a several-month basis as opposed to just a one-time payment. So let me tell you what this did for us. Going back and renegotiating kind of how this was done, we were able to take our show. So as I mentioned, at the time, we had about 17,000 downloads in the first 30 days of an episode. We were using that number, 17 times 25, to come up to industry standard $25 CPM to get to $425. Now, when we approach our sponsors, we charge them on 180,000, which is our total downloads across our entire catalog in a month, times 25, which then means we're making around $4,500 per month off of the show by just changing the way we approach our ad negotiations by the way we change the format which when you multiply that out by 12 months is $54,000 a year. So then I go back to what I said initially. There are a lot of people who are really passionate about podcasting. They would really love this to be something that they can live off of if they get big enough or that's going to allow them to take the wife on a vacation once a year. 
And now $54,000, that gets you there with just a few tweaks in how you approach your sponsors and how do you format your show. Hey everyone, I just wanted to pop in and remind you that we have negotiation and conflict management workshops coming up in Columbus, Miami, and Los Angeles. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Medtronic. Medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life-transforming healthcare technology. From artificial intelligence to robotics and beyond, health tech is reinventing what's possible. Every year, Medtronic improves the lives of 74 million people, and we're just getting started. Visit Medtronic.com to learn more. This is brilliant because what this is, is just changing the structure of the negotiation to favor you because you didn't change anything substantively with your business or with the quality of the content. Everything stayed the same. What changed is your approach to the negotiation and the advertisers there, what they're using, let's give them props because um, they're using a very, very powerful negotiation technique where they are using the leverage that they have. And so when it comes down to an analysis of power in a negotiation, there are three sources of power. You have positive, normative, and negative power. So positive power, that's when you can give something to somebody to make their life better in order to persuade them to give you what you want. With negative, you introduce something to their life that makes their life worse. (laughs) And then they say, I've had enough. Okay, I don't want that to happen. I'll give you what you want. And then the other one is normative. And these are the social norms, the rules, or the standards that are utilized to legitimize the requests. And so what they've been using is normative leverage. Well, this is industry standard. That's what we've always done. And when you're able to bolster your argument with some kind of standards argument, it makes what you say a lot more credible because you're saying, and a lot more reasonable because you're saying, listen, I'm not saying this. The industry says this. And who are we mere mortals to go against what the (laughs) industry says? And so when they phrase it that way, you say, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. And people just accept it. But what you did is you identified that source of leverage and now you're trying to flip it. Yeah, it's almost kind of like good cop, bad cop. It's like, I'm the good guy. I want to give you more money. But the industry standard, man, I'm just saying, I mean, if I could change it for you, I would. But it's interesting, too, because I listen to your show a lot. And that's why I'm really happy to be on. Negotiation, I've heard you say, you know, it's not a zero-sum game. It doesn't have to be just winners and losers. So when we approached our sponsors and told them we were making the switch and this is what we were thinking, we positioned it in a way that's a win-win. Because think about it. If I buy an episode, yes, we're going to be getting these downloads throughout you know, the next couple of months, and it's going to live there forever. It's a clear win on their side. But as we've kind of laid out, it's not a win for the podcaster. But when we approached these sponsors, what we told them was, look, we might sell you one episode, and you're going to get $17,000 in the first 30 days. But hey, let's think bigger here. Let's not just think one episode. We want you to be the presenting sponsor of the Science of Success for 30 days. And then they also get excited because that's them. They sponsor the whole show. I mean, imagine if you turned on the news and like all of Fox News, CNN or FX was sponsored by one advertiser. Your message is surely going to get through, but you do have to change up the ad copy a little bit. And the message goes, you know, you don't want to beat people over stick too much. But my point being is it becomes a win win because now we're saying, look. Sure, your message will be read for 30, 60 days, whatever the agreement of our terms are, but we're going to bring you not $17,000, we're going to bring you 180,000 downloads in less time than it would take for that 17 to reach other people. So when we approach them, 
it's sort of balancing the scales a little bit. When I first had to tell our sponsors we were changing this method, you know, we offered to give them a little discount at first, but then after the first run, we were full price, baby, because it's a win-win. We are going to allow you to reach, you know, almost 200,000 people in 30 days. And the beauty of it is we had no pushback at all. We're sold out of admin majority until March. It's a method that when positioned in the right way, I mean, it makes sense to people. You know, when, when we explain how we feel as though we bring more value to the table than this one-time payment warrants, they're willing to listen. And for a lot of sponsors, it's actually preferable once they've gone through it once or twice. This is brilliant because what you've done is you've reframed the discussion because initially what they would say is when they hear the counter proposal, they would reflexively reject it because, again, like we said, Absolutely. The, the norms are in their favor. And so what you did is instead of describing the situation in a way that is objectionable to them, you reframed it and created a new storyline for the discussion. And when you frame a discussion, your goal is to make it so reasonable that they would look ridiculous if they were to reject that frame. And what you've created is a win-win. Like you said, let's think bigger. You have more downloads. We have just an incredible wealth of downloads that are coming in on the back end. Let's think bigger in a way where both of us get more value out of this. Yeah. And you know me, I mean, you and I have have interacted several times. I'm a pretty upbeat, kind of happy guy. Like my initial email was like, great news. We're switching up the way we do ads. We're going to bring you 200,000 downloads in 30 days. Here's how we're going to do it. And then it's kind of, you know, when they read through the proposal, they're like, okay, well, this obviously means that I'm kind of, I'm not going to get that tail end sort of bump that I may get for, you know, months afterwards. But that bump really doesn't, it's not very significant, right? Like they may get 17,000 in the first 30 days, but then it trails off pretty significantly. When they're front facing, they're the presenting sponsor of the whole catalog for 30 days, that engine is running and it's running full steam. It's just only going to run for 30 days. And another thing is through these hours and hours of interviews, I spoke to a lot of, of big podcasters and I was very fortunate to speak to some of the people that I've looked up to in the game and, and even talked to some of the leadership at places like Wondery and other really big content shops that put out some great podcasts. And this is where the industry's going. I think it's going to take some time, just like any major shift in sort of the foundation of anything works. But Wondery, I know, is now requiring all of their shows to change over to dynamic ads. They've put out some great content like Dirty John, The Dr. Death Show. They do a lot of things that are really storytelling based and also evergreen. So that's why they see the power of switching over to dynamic. So I'm very, very, very optimistic that this is going to be the new norm in the near future. And it makes me really excited. And I'm, I'm very excited to be sharing this with your listeners because I think a rising tide raises all ships. I love podcasting. This is something that I'm so passionate about. It's an incredible way to build an audience, to share great content, to actually help people in the world with certain types of content live better lives. And I want more competition. I want people to be able to make money doing this full time so they can devote their creative energies and their powers to making their show better, to growing their audience and helping other people. So I'm excited to see this shift because I think it's going to allow people to be able to double down on their shows. And it's really going to up the level of content out there, which means more competition. But I say bring it on because I want to see the medium succeed. I think it's already seen great success. Big advertisers are getting involved. And I'm happy to be spreading the gospel of equaling out these scales, making sure it's an equivalent exchange of value and helping podcasters everywhere. This is fantastic. 
And I love the fact that for you, there is a greater vision for this because we've shifted from the micro to the macro because you've seen the impact it had on your show in your specific negotiations. And now what you're doing is you're creating a scenario where it makes the negotiation easier for you in the future, but also makes the negotiation easier for all other podcasts as this creates a new normal uh, where industry standard is in our favor as a podcasters. So as a fellow podcaster, I will say, I appreciate you <laughs> making the trail on this. Th- this is great. No, I appreciate it. This is awesome. And one of the things that you've been able to do as a producer just incredibly well is get big name guests on the show, especially big name guests who are, are kind of like the white whales of the industry who don't typically go on podcast tours or they're, they're not easy to get on the show, but you've managed to do it. And the reason I love it is because you've done it using the psychology of persuasion. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about that too? I bought a book called it's the radio producers hand guide. And I sort of just- changed radio to podcast producer. And I went through and was listening to it. And it's funny because it's like really the only way that most people know to judge a quality producer is by the guests that come up on the show because no one else sees anything that we do in the background, right? They just get to enjoy the final product. They don't see the struggle. But as far as, uh, as getting guests to come on, you know, we have been very fortunate. Like Carol Dweck is one that comes to mind. And there's a couple strategies I'll share with you on the psychology of persuasion. I don't want to give the farm away because we will actually be sharing this complete strategy with everyone on our website at uh, successpodcast.com in the near future. But I will give you a little taste enough to kind of get you guys moving. So the first tactic I would share before we get into the weapons of influence is, is just keep after it. It's persistence, right? And you have to pay attention. I remember Carol Dweck. We typically will reach out to someone between 13 and 16 times to see if they'll come on the show, even if they don't respond before we give up. And Carol Dweck, we really wanted her on the show. We were on like 16th touch, I think, with her. And I happened to stumble on Amazon and saw that they were releasing some new edition of her audiobook only. It wasn't even for like a print book. They were changing like one thing. It was for like an anniversary of when Mindset came out. Not a big deal. But when I emailed her, I was like, hey, you know, I just noticed. And she, keep in mind, she's ignored me for 13 to 16 weeks. So I'm like, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, Dr. Dweck, I noticed the other day on Amazon that you guys are doing like a special reproduction of the audiobook. We'd love to help you promote that. And man, I got an email back in like 30 minutes. It's like, Austin, dear, so great to hear from you. We'd love to make it happen. So keep your eyes on the prize and make sure that you're keeping in touch with these people because ultimately, you know, they want to know what's in it for them. So when they have something to promote, they're more likely to come on. But let's dig into the weapons of influence. So Dr. Robert Cialdini is a huge Huge influence on me. He wrote the book Influence, uh, uh, which was the first book that I the first book that I read. Like really changed the way I interacted with the world. And he's got these weapons of influence: reciprocity, commitment, social proof, liking, authority, and scarcity. And these are weapons that you can use to influence anyone. So when we built out how we were going to approach our guests, how we were going to frame our offer, we incorporated all of these. So we're not just making an ask. We're using the psychology of persuasion to get them to come on. There's two of them I'd like, two of these weapons I'd like to dig into really quick. So one is authority. When you're reaching out to these guests who are extremely busy, you want to come from a place that makes you look like you are an authority figure, essentially. So like if you've been featured in New and Noteworthy or if you're a What's Hot podcast on iTunes, let them know that. 
Tell them how many downloads you have. How many countries do you have people listening from? If you've been featured, if someone has written about you, an entrepreneur, life hacker, Inc., wherever it may be, make sure they know that and do everything you can to position yourself as an authority figure that's worth their attention and worth their time. The second one that is extremely powerful is social proof. What this means essentially is when our brains experience uncertainty, we tend to look to others to see what everyone's doing before we act. And we tend to act as they do. And Cialdini does a great job of listing out several examples of this in his book. But what we do, the way we kind of incorporate this is we'll list out old guests. So I'll take a look at who we're trying to reach out to. Say they're a negotiation master or say they really deal with meditation mindsets. I'll look through our, all of our old guests and I'll find ones that maybe play in that same field who may have a little bit to do with their work, or there's some overlap in what they research, what they study, what they write about, the companies they've built, whatever it may be, and I'll list them out. And so I'll say, you know, we'd love to have you on the show. We've previously had Dan Ariely, Bo Lotto, Dan Pink, Adam Grant on the show, and it would be great to have you on too. Now, what this does is they look at these names, and if they recognize any of them, even in passing, like even if they saw that, you know, Dr. Adam Grant has a best-selling book, it immediately kind of proves to them, they're looking at these other experts, these other people that they would love to be included in these circles with these individuals. They'd love to have their name kind of be synonymous with theirs. And they say, oh, okay, cool. Well, if Adam Grant did it, of course I'm going to do it. And it's an extremely powerful weapon of influence because if I'm not really sure, like say someone asked me to be on a podcast, man, I don't really know what a podcast is. Is this legit? What is a podcast? And that's uncertainty, right? That's uncertainty in my brain. But when I look down and I see, okay, wow, four of my colleagues who research similar things have already done it, it's a no-brainer. It's a, of course I'll do it. Because if Adam Grant did it, if Dan Pink did it, then why wouldn't I do it? The proof behind this is we interviewed Jonathan Haidt a few weeks ago, and he reached out to me after I sent him this email, and he was like, oh my God, you've interviewed like five of my best friends. I'd love to do it. Why don't you talk to John, my publicist? We'll get something scheduled. And the most extreme example of this was Dr. Bo Lotto. His interview is actually going live tomorrow morning. And he's a really awesome guy. He does things with like obstacle illusions and basically how your perceptions and biases change everything you see in the world. And one of the people I included in his was uh, Dr. Moan Cerf, who does some similar work. And he was like, oh my gosh, Austin, that's incredible. I'm having dinner with Moan tomorrow night. I'll mention that you reached out. Let's go ahead and book something for you know early October. So it really works because once you kind of start, especially when you've kind of interviewed some people in this area and you've kind of already gotten a couple of guests on, these people run in circles and they run in packs and they, a lot of them really admire one another's work because same thing, how I feel with podcasting, a rising tide raises all ships. The more research, the more work that we can do to uncover how to live better lives, which is ultimately all of their goals, or at very least to understand our lives. Uh, the better it is. So they're happy to be included in a group of people that have been on the show. So two very, very powerful weapons of influence you can use right there to kind of convince people to come on be interviewed for your blog, for your podcast, or really just to give you an hour of their time, whatever it may be about. This is brilliant. And um, a couple things here. First of all, I know for the uh, the very storied listeners, the, the listeners who are very well read, they're going to be thinking to themselves, wow, this is a podcast I need to check out. <laughs> it is a fantastic podcast, so check it out. I want to sell this as hard as I can. These principles are fantastic, and Influenced by Cialdini is one of my favorite books in the field. And the second book, uh, Persuasion, is fantastic right. as well. And as a podcast, I can say it's frustrating, it's difficult sometimes to get people on the show. 
But these tools that you provided are fantastic. And uh, for the podcasters who are in the audience listening to this, you definitely need to check it out once that product goes live. So before you go, Austin, can you again let them know how they can get in touch with you and keep up with the work that you're doing? Absolutely. So you can check out the Mindset Monday podcast at successpodcast.com slash Mindset Monday. Just go to successpodcast.com and that's the science of success. I'm doing all the stuff on the back end and I do love a good shout out. So if you want to reach me, I'll give you my direct line. It's just Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N at successpodcast.com. And I really want to be a resource for your listeners. So, I mean, check out the show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes, share it with a friend, and and we'll be sure to let you know when this product goes live or we can help people use the weapons of influence to get people to give them their time, to come on for blogs and interviews for podcasts. But reach out to me because I, I love to just help people provide value. That's what I'm all about. And if you send me an email and you ask for 30 minutes of my time to discuss best practices on podcasting, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to give you that time. It may not be immediate, but we'll get together and I'd love to talk to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much again, Austin, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.